Here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly. And voila, you get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, but count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real-world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky. Hello, and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast at the 2022 HR Technology Conference here in the beautiful Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your host, David Turetsky, and I have with me one of my best friends in the world, Robert Matson. Robert, how are you? I'm doing well, David. It's great to be back at HR Tech. It's been a number of years since I've been here. How long has it been since you've been here? I think it's been five or six years since I've, I've walked the, uh, the thinly carpeted floors of, of HR Tech. <laughs> the, the thinly veiled floors. Yes. <laughs> you could call it a veil. So, Robert, you've had a lot going on. Yeah. We're not going to go through all the things you've been doing since you've been back but tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life that brought you back to the HR Technology Show. Well, it's, it's my clients. My clients who are drawing me back. I've got three, and as you can tell, the noise here at HR Tech is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Top quality noise. But uh, I've got a bunch of clients here. I've got my client called Tadio, which yeah. are there in the recruiting space. And they are doing their Pitch Fest presentation. Right. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm here supporting them. And they are right across the hall from Sparkstart, another one of my clients that okay. is also in the recruiting space. Okay. And so I've, and actually it's odd, odd I've got a client, I've got someone who wants to have a meeting with me that is on the same row. So I say, I can point to two references as I sit here. And I, <laughs> and I actually, oddly enough, had breakfast with a past client of mine, Plumite.io, that is also in the recruiting space. There so you go. basically I've been living in the recruiting space lately. Not a bad place to live. It's really quite interesting. There's a lot going on. It surely is. And we're going to talk about some of that. But first, as you remember, one thing that no one knows about Robert Matson. Oh, one thing that people don't know about me that they should know about me. You love honking horns? I, I'm a big fan of honking horns. I am a, I'm a Volkswagen GTI fanatic. Really? I've owned, I've owned two of them. I wish I owned 10 of them. I just love that little German hatchback, and I have a blast driving um, my car, which has been named Jürgen. After Jürgen Prochnow, because it actually was in a flood, and I got a great deal on it. So, Jürgen Prochnow from Das Boot. If you've not seen Das Boot, you should. So, yes, I'm a GTI fan. There you go. There you go, people. If you have a GTI you want to sell, contact Robert Madsen. I probably will buy it. That's great. So, what company are you with now? You were with ITM for uh, ITM well, Speakers? Well, it's basically a rebranding, because ITM Speakers was the company I started four and a half years ago, and about six months ago, rebranded to Intrigue Communications and Coaching, uh, Intrigue.cc which is actually wow. a small island nation.cc, but it fit what, I, what we named the company. But we changed it because we're doing a lot more than just doing presentation skills coaching. It's expanded right. so much over the years. Got it. Excellent. So the topic for today's conversation is going to be HR technology, 2022 versus 2023. Mm -hmm. And so what did we see happening in 2022? And like, talk a little bit about what we've experienced and what we've seen. And then let's talk a little bit about what we expect for 2023 after that. 
Sure. I think when you take a look at, at the past year, it to me, it's always been the transformation of stop automating broken processes and start looking at new things that you can do with the technology. And also when you take a look at with what's been happening, how are you supporting not even work-life balance, but the work-life conglomeration merging that we've seen and people are trying to so, so quickly change to address the needs of the hybrid workforce and also be ready for whatever happens next because none of us really know if we're going to go back to is it going to be 33 33 33 remote hybrid work at the office or is it going to be some kind of shift in that and how do you support that after people have taken a bite of that apple so i think a lot of the research that we've seen has companies wanting to move back to more of an in-person mm -hmm. environment. But <laughs> the majority of employees, like more than 70%, I think close to 80% in the studies I've seen, have said that they want to have at least, you know, some part hybrid and mostly remote though. Yeah. And very strong opinions on it as well. And I think you're, what you're seeing a lot is during those two and a half years, companies have been saying, okay, what's coming? How do we adjust? How do we transmogrify our solutions and our approaches to this COVID-based world. And now they're saying, okay, we spent all this time doing this. What do we do with it now? Because how do we transform it again? Or because I don't think what people did necessarily is going to be a perfect fit. Well, I mean, for many, and remember, we remember a lot of this because we were all forced into it at sure. a, one moment in time. Yeah. And I think a lot of work environments were do the best you can. And the do the best you can had to suffice until it was a, okay, so we've been doing the best we can. What can we do anything better? And then we kind of settled on nice to haves and the must haves and the whatnots. And that kind of settled in as the new normal. Yeah. And I think also when you take a look at uh, the concept of wellness, I think a lot of, I've been doing a lot of work with the New England Employee Benefits Counselor, Nebic, and a lot of their members and companies within the New England area are looking at what does wellness mean now? Right. And how do we support wellness? So it's not just about the technology. And I think the technology and the just getting it done is now being moved into, okay, there's a lot of new things here that we have to consider when it comes to, I don't want to call them nebulous processes, but there are new ways of going about things that companies are saying, okay, how do I know when they're happy? How do I know when they're sad? How do I know who should I who I should promote? Who I should give a raise to? What benefits are right? And that is what they're looking looking to do. And I think a lot of technology companies that are looking forward are saying, okay, there are processes that are going to be happening. We've spent our career automating processes or streamlining or getting getting data. Let's call it right. say data. Let's talk about data for a right. second. Getting yeah. data from those processes. Right. How do we garner data from these new? shadow processes that are being created because right. we don't have systems that actually cover that. Right. And that's what's fascinating is that there were holes. There were things that filled the holes in the short term. How do you learn from those things? What do you do? And so what are they doing? Well, I think what they're trying to do is they are trying to use a lot of AI yeah. to capture things. If, in fact, AI started, what, about six or seven HR techs ago when everyone had AI on their booths. Everyone was an AI company. It was a new thing. Yeah. And so it was the flavor of the month. But now I think people are trying to say, okay, let's not, AI is not this huge thing. Let's focus it. It's making AI real, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, it's actually implementing AI. Right. If you think of the hype cycle, 
you know, we're on the downward cycle where it actually becomes usable. Exactly. So again, I've been dealing with a lot of these recruiting companies and like they're using it for things like, let's take a look at how people fit future jobs, not current jobs. Right. So they're looking how they can do things like that. And you're learning from other people that were in those jobs, what the data told them about their successes or failures in those jobs, and what did they lead to after that job? What did they do? What what did they use their skills for after that job to go into what? Exactly. But they're also doing something interesting is they are doing the pre-work in a different way. So they're not looking at resumes. They're looking at assessments or they're looking at simulations, or they're looking at right. things like that to bring in the different data they need to do those exact correlations. Yeah. Because if it was all based upon the resume, as we know, David, that people aren't really good at writing the resumes. They're also liars. Did I call that out really? Yeah, you no, did. did. Sorry. That was nasty. Sorry, everybody. You're a nasty man. I'm sorry. Okay. But they're, <laughs> for whether it's intentional or not, people have never been trained to put resumes out. And I've seen a lot of resumes from people and even resume writers, a lot of them is like, how do I make it pretty? Yeah, exactly. You're polishing an unpolishable. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people your resume is not your job history. It's a marketing sheet to what you can do in the future. Right. Well, and then you have these other people who take the keywords and either metadata the keywords into the footnotes, quote unquote. Yeah. Or, you know, they try and trick the current AI into looking for them for the particular job they're posting for. Yeah, they're trying to... Spoofing. Yeah, that AI that's taking place in that six seconds the recruiter used yeah. to scan the resume. But I don't know about you, David. I'm not a huge fan of to, of today's ATSs. I'm just not. Yeah, we've had many conversations on this program. Yeah. In fact, we're going to talk be talking to Tim Sackick about that as he well. He knows a thing or two. Yeah, there, he does. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fairly bright guy. Pretty smart guy, yeah. yeah. Especially in the recruiting space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's been through a few things. Yeah. And Jack Copeman, you know Jack. I, I, I'm a big Jack Copeman fan. I love his Bennett first Sung. album. Ah, first Bennett album. Sung. <laughs> Jack Copeman's Giants Fight Song, that uh, first uh, album. Uh, little known fact. Now, I'll give you this. Jack Copeman has a fine voice. He, he is a wonderful singer. He does. He, he does. does. He does. So, Renaissance uh, man, just like yourself. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Bennett are phenomenal, knowledgeable people in the recruiting space. And they've seen what hasn't worked and they have a pretty good idea what would work in the future. And we'll be talking to them during the HR Data Labs podcast, probably at the HR Tech Conference as well. Yeah, I know. That's I Trust me, I've been sending out LinkedIn messages and emails to people saying, we got to get together because these are just... Besides being really smart people, they are really good people. And yes. it's nice to, to have that kind of family. And that's what HR Tech is. It's kind of like a, a family reunion. It is. And sometimes families don't get along. But we're not going to go there. No, there's no, no need. There's no need. No. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe. This podcast is made possible by Salary.com. Now, back to the show. So let's talk about coming out of 2022. A lot of it's going to be around being able to leverage that AI in usable ways. By the time this podcast airs, there is going to be at least the one that I've done with two brilliant people who I met on LinkedIn mm-hmm. who had written a phenomenal a research piece on being able to utilize AI to look at employee demographic data and the problems in the employee demographic data. So there's a lot of really cool uses for AI that's Absolutely. happening today. Yeah. What are some of the other things you've seen this year that in- excite you about the world of HR technology? I think it's, I hate to use this phrase, but I'm going to use it, the humanization of human-focused software. 
where you're seeing people realizing... It's an interesting phrase. Yeah, it, it, you're seeing people that are trying to say what we've learned through the COVID experience is that people are people. And we have to treat them as individuals with great respect and great understanding to all of their situa- their home life situations. Because we all suddenly got hit in the face with it. Yes. You know, we got hit in the face with, I mean, my father passed away. My 89-year-old dad know. passed Sorry. away last spring. Yep. And people knew about it. Yep. And, it's, and we and went to the funeral. Yeah. And some, Which some was the fair. best of the people went to, went to the funeral. I won't, I won't say any names, but I, you can. I, I'm doing that college drinking game elbow point at David right now. <laughs> but it, it's, I think it's it was beautiful too. people realizing that whatever solution, whatever process, whatever system you put in, it has to be done in a human way. So it goes back to kind of those shadow processes that are being developed and that they have to be done in a way that is very human focused. And I think that HR people which I've always said, and Dave, we've had this conversation in past years, they're really good at asking for, asking for things for others. Yes. And they're not good for standing up for themselves sometimes. Never. Because they're very giving people, and that attracts them to this particular field. And I think that they have to make a very strong stance and say, we need to do this the right way for people versus the way that back when we start, first started in HR technology, where it was technology and process forward versus how are we trying to enable and affect the people that make up our companies? Right. Because it's not just that we're doing it to be good. It's we're doing it because they have to focus on other things. And now we're realizing they need to do a lot of other things that maybe they're, they have to take care of their kids yeah. or they have to get other work done or the thing that you talked about before, wellness and their well-being and making sure that they're mentally healthy. And if we can take things off their plate, but Why that's not? the thing, David. Being good to employees is a good thing for the organization. Because, I mean, how do you, we, everyone wants to do employee engagement. We want employee engagement, employee yeah. engagement. It's like, okay, be good to people, be honest with people, be forthright with people, and then set up your, your processes to reflect that. Right. And then we hear the, the words that no one wants to utter that have two cues in it quiet quitting, which is oh, just yeah. all, all it is to me. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it just seems like employee, employee disengagement. I, I saw a, a post by Drew Fortin, and Drew, he made a great talk about some of the definitions of the quiet quitting. Right. You know, it's the person that is doing their job, letting people know that sometimes they can't take phone calls or you know, basically doing the extra work when they tell people they can do the extra work and being reasonable, having what we used to consider a good work-life balance. And some people define that, not all. I see the, the quizzical look. You look like a basset hound looking at me right now. Of quiet, mm-hmm. <laughs> the quiet quitting. But some people are defining it that way. It's like, you're not giving 150%. You know something? That's not maintainable. You can't sprint through life. You, the life is, a, life is a marathon. Yeah, but to me, then, if that's really what quiet quitting is, then that's horseshit. It is. I it, know I said it on the air. I'm sorry. They're going to edit horseshit. it out. Yeah. No, they're not. Oh, no. thank God. No. To me, it's... <laughs> You know, I always use the equation. I think I actually talked to you about this. 24 minus L equals W. Mm-hmm. That's the equation for life. Yeah. Not 24 minus W equals L, which is I'm going to work my ass off during those 24 hours. Whatever is left over is my leisure time. That's not the way things should work. <laughs> yeah, work is like closet space. You know, if, it will just, you will fill it all up. You'll fill up your life with all this work. <laughs> And you'll never clean it out. And when you do, you'll find pictures of your kid when he was five, and it'll take forever. Am I going on a tangent? It's an okay tangent. Okay, yeah. yeah but hard to clean. I that see where you're out. going. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You know the kid, but I do. But he's yeah. a good reason to fill up your life with L. 
<laughs> Trust me, he makes my life a living hell sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. There you go. Sorry. Occasionally, you get unloaded dad joke. <laughs> we love dad jokes. Yeah, we're dads. Yeah, we are. Hey, are you listening to this and thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could talk to David about this? Well, you're in luck. We have a special offer for listeners of the HR Data Labs podcast a free half hour call with me about any of the topics we cover on the podcast or whatever is on your mind. Go to salary.com forward slash HRDL consulting to schedule your free 30 minute call today. Okay, so now let's turn it a little bit and talk about what is 2023 going to bring us. These are predictions. So we're going to come back here next year, this time, and we're going to say, how'd you do? Nine months in, how'd you do? So I, I have a year from now. You have a year. A year from now. But but, but it's got to be by now. I mean, it can't be sure. like October something. It okay, happens. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So where's HR technology leading in 2023? I am going to I'm going to double down on my AI concept, but I am going to say A A I I. No, I is what it is. <laughs> but no, this is like bad car talk. I think what you're going to see is more quantifiable AI where you're going to start seeing the measurements that have meaning based upon the AI's work. So right now, AI has gone from being a nebulous concept to usable. And now I think you're going to see AI being more quantifiable in how benefits are coming about and how it's affecting both people and businesses. So then you're going to see it actually take on the role that people hoped it would be, Mm -hmm. which is actually affecting not just business, but actually affecting people in a good, positive way. Then. Exactly. And I think there will be... Unless I'm reaching. No, I think you're fine. I think there'll be more standards. And I think they'll come, from, they'll, they'll come from the technology side where AI will come in and they'll be like, okay, you're using AI for this purpose. This is our standard on how effective it is. And that will be the technology side. And then it's up to these people here on the floor to come up with the business side of it and merge those together. This is how effective your AI technology is. This is how effective it's affecting your business. It's kind of like doing photography. I think of lenses. It's how much light comes through the beginning, the, the big part of the lens, and how much light actually hits the sensor right, right, to create right. the picture. Right. And both sides of those are going to be something that I think you're going to see more definitive measurement. Well, I hope you're right. Because we've been praying for a while that AI takes on a larger role and gives us an ability to kind of step back and do other more value-added things. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like what you're saying is it will impact the world of business in a very positive way and give us an opportunity to leverage it. Yeah. And I think there'll be more standards. I just think people will start measuring, measuring effectiveness in a more standard-like way from how they look at AI. Well, you were talking about HR technology around recruiting before. Where yeah. can we extrapolate so, this for recruiting? Well, I think that when you take a look at the recruiting aspect, I think you'll see a move away from resumes. I think resumes will get less and less important as these more holistic ways of measuring people become more prevalent. Because I'm seeing literally in my own client base, I'm seeing three and hopefully after this event, a fourth client that all have different viewpoints of how recruiting should be done for everyone from hourly people to evergreen jobs to highly skilled labor. And they all have different viewpoints of it. And I think what you're going to see is the resume becoming less important versus a better way of judging someone's capabilities looking towards the future. And I like where you're going before. That's possible 
especially with not using a resume, if there's a standardized way of being able to look at the data about the person. Mm -hmm. And now that those standards exist and we're getting the data about the person hiring for the job, we can assess them instead of going through that crappy resume and trying to predict whether or not that resume speaks to, as you said before. Exactly. And so hopefully now the right person will get hired for the job and not the person that the AI thinks is the right person from today's world. Yeah. But that's a, that's a, lot to go through in a very short period of time. You realize that, right? I do. But I think that it's actually happening already in little spots. And you know how this the consolidation happens. Either companies that are bigger see the good ideas or they acquire the good ideas. And I think that that is going to change. I don't think it'll... I said less important. I didn't say dead. I said less yeah. important. Okay, okay. So the resume is not dead. So anybody who's in the resume fixing, making world... You don't have to polish your resume yet. <laughs> but, sorry. Another shitty day. No, I, I, you had to go there. Yeah, I did. But soon. Yeah. You will have to make sure that you have your background and assessments. Yeah, it's going to be less important. Is there going to be a system of record, though, for experience? Or is it literally just going to be, this is what I say I am, and assess me for it? I mean, you could go into, you know, the wonderful world of blockchain and, you know, maybe a company comes up with a, a kind of competency-based blockchain and do things that way. Uh, we could have non-fungible resumes. Where those certifications and, exist <laughs> in the ether somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you could have that where you could take... I mean, you look, there's so many different assessments. I mean, yep. Hyman, there's, you know, there's the people over Plum, the PI, there's all kinds of assessments you right. can take. And they are all different. I mean, I'm one, I am, a, my top skills, I'm a communicator. The other ones, I'm a promoter. You know, what does it mean? Well, you are both. I, I, they both got it right. Yeah. But it's one of the situations where, you know, it, you would have to come up with some kind of standard. Just like there is a rough standard for the general information in an ERP or an HRIS, you'd have to come up with some kind of standard that is applicable that you could fit in a lot of different job types. Well, LinkedIn has a lot of that. True. Not as much on the blue collar world, not as much on the, you know, hourly world, Mm -hmm. but certainly on the professional world. LinkedIn serves that purpose, doesn't it? It it does, but it's, that's mostly based upon your credentials. Yes. But there are certain things where once you get certified, you can get a LinkedIn certification that has to be certified by that group, like Coursera. Coursera used to have, or you got an accreditation on Coursera. Sure. That was actually something you could post on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, and you know, I got an, an A in electromagnetics, too, in college. But do I have the skills? I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you did then. I, yeah, barely. <laughs> um, Unless you cheated off your name. Oh, no, I got a C in electromagnetics. <gasps> I got an A in comedy. Yes, um, I could definitely tell. <laughs> yeah, I got to see an electromagnetics. Still got my double E degree. But yeah, I think it's the elements that we are intrinsic, intrinsically good at. Yeah. You know, if you can say, if you can solve problems, David, if you're good at looking at a problem, regardless of its scenario, and you can take a look at it and say, okay, I can look at this, logically assemble the facts behind the cause and effect of this problem. I can build the solution to it. Maybe I need some extra knowledge, but I have that skill set. Yeah. But it's really hard to get a certification for that skill it is. set. It is. So how do you quantify that? And I think a lot of the psychoanalysis stuff that they have out there in organizational psychology, that type of stuff can actually expose those skills. And I think that's what people are going to be turning to because you're not the sum of your degrees. You're not the sum of your, your, job, your job certs. You're the sum of what you can bring to the table today. 
That's true. That's true. And there's good there and there's bad there, right? We have deficiencies, which can be yeah. filled. Those are what I like to call opportunities. Sure. And we have to fill them somehow. And they're and, honest deficiencies. Yeah. You know, everyone has them. Yeah. Well, yes, everyone has them. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Robert. I'm appreciative you could stop by the booth and be here. And thank you for being another repeat guest on the HR Data Labs podcast. Always a pleasure. Thanks, David. Take care. And everybody out there, thank you and stay safe. That was the HR Data Labs podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe. And if you know anyone that might like to hear it, please send it their way. Thank you for joining us this week and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.